1: golden on am 816 the
2: answer on this is dr bill your radio md welcome to the show we got ken back today
0: yay ken hey
2: well, <laughs> how are you doing doc i'm doing good hey guess what i did i i pulled the trigger i i was gonna get that ford f-150 all electric you know the uh um, the all-electric pickup truck, and they're not going to be available for a couple of years. I guess they're short on. Uh, they can manufacture them, but they don't have all the all the parts that they need. I don't know if it's computer chips or batteries or what. But so I was looking around at, a, at one of these SUVs, and uh, Hyundai. Did I pronounce it right, Hyundai? Hyundai. I have a Hyundai. You have a Hyundai. Yeah, they have a they have a, an all-electric uh, SUV. It's called the Ionique I O. I O N I Q, and so uh, I called around and I found one coming in April sixth, and I put five hundred dollars down to secure that one. So I'm going to get me a new car, first new car since nineteen ninety six. Oh well, you're way overdue then. Yes, I'm way overdue. Even the wife said she was at first. She was like, "You don't need a new car," and then she said, "Well, you know, you haven't had one for (laughs) (laughs) twenty five five." It's an electric SUV. Yeah, it's all electric. Do you, you have a charger station at your uh, place? Well, okay. I can put one in. That's easy. But they, you know, they have them at the hospital. They have two charging stations or three charging stations at the hospital that I think Duke put in just for uh, just for uh, PR. And and so you can pull into the doctor's parking lot and plug your car in. It's pretty cool. Excellent. Well, good luck. I'll be uh, I'll be watching. Absolutely. You know, the one wild card I didn't count on in this whole Ukrainian thing is the Ukrainians. I mean, my gosh, they're driving the Russians back. They're they're driving them back from Kiev, or Kiev, however you pronounce it.
3: They are incredible, aren't they? I really am impressed with the Ukrainians, yeah. I, you know, it just it's a head-scratcher. Who would have thunk it? Let's uh, put them in NATO. We could use fighters like that, you know? Uh, yeah, well, that'll really get the Russians, that'll get their dander up. <laughs> well, so did Joe yesterday, apparently. But he finally yeah. said something I agree with. Yeah, he did. He, go
2: ahead and tell us what he said. <laughs> he said, Putin's got to go. Yeah, he does. And that's sort of a, a shot across the bow, you know. And then, meanwhile, the Chinese are saying we're imperialistic and warmongers, and we started the war in the Ukraine, and we're keeping it going because we're making big money in our our military supplies and hardware. Our exports of uh, military equipment increased 16 or 17% last year. Um I don't know how much of that's true. And of course, if you're exporting uh, a lot and uh, you're and you're coming out of a recession uh, or a, a pandemic where there's nobody working, of course, you're going to have an increase. Uh, I don't know if people in China are smart enough to figure that out when they read their newspaper. I don't know how many people actually read their, their uh, official Communist Party newspaper. I read it, by the way. I look at articles. It's fascinating. You know, they're... Their take on on us and on the world uh, quite different, but a lot of it's rhetoric like any uh, like any op eds
3: right you'll find it in the fiction state uh, the fiction, fiction section in the, in the library
2: and I think that we spread a little bit of it too but uh, I, I think the big difference is that we have the opportunity to to say what we want at least for the moment. And you can always find a news outlet or a blog spot or something that will uh, agree with what you're saying and doing and what you want. But I think the best thing is just to read as much as you can from all over the world and, and see what the world is thinking and uh, see how people view the world. And you may not get the actual view of the average person on the street in Beijing or Xi'an uh, by reading the communist uh official newspaper, because that's the party's view. And uh, as our guide told us when we were there in Xi'an, he said, we don't you know, we don't all agree with that, but we have to be careful that we don't say too much or we'll go to prison, and we don't want to go to prison in China. That's not good. That's not a good place to go to prison. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised he said that much. Oh, we had a good talk. We talked about Mao, and we pretty much agreed on Mao. He said Mao was a great military leader because he kicked the, the, the uh, Japanese out. Well, I mean, he did it with the Kumatang and, and Chiang Kai-shek as well as help from the United States. I mean, they, they didn't do it alone. You know, we supplied the communists and the uh, and the Chiang Kai-shek gang with armaments uh, flying out of uh, Southeast Asia and India flying it. They called it flying over the hump because you had to go over the Himalayas and brought in supplies to the Chinese that way. You didn't know that, did you? Actually, Doc, I, I'm flying the Hump is
3: um, a term that I am familiar with. I'm an aviation enthusiast, so well, good. Then you know the whole story
2: behind that. Though? Yeah, pretty much. It was. A, it's, by the way, that was a very dangerous flight. <laughs> very dangerous, and especially when you were. I mean, these weren't jets back then. They, no, they were propeller planes, and they were probably the uh, the second stringers too, because the first stringers were. Uh, bombing europe and and uh and north africa and and flying out of those ports and then later on in the war and once we got uh the marshall islands uh we started bombing missions out of the pacific towards or into Japan. I should say
3: I believe we even had women flying the hump uh, going over those mountains because they you're right it wasn't the number one the team out there,
2: no it wasn't but uh anybody they could get to do it, yeah why not use them let's put them to work but we helped the Chinese and we've helped them remember the boxer war we we came in on their side there too that was the beginning of the last century Ali won that one didn't he I think so <laughs> I think he
3: did
2: this was about four rounds yeah I thought that was in Manila no it was in Shanghai <laughs> I don't know. you know I knew him growing up you I'm sorry Was that I knew he, I knew Muhammad Ali growing you, up. You did, yeah. In fact, you know his Olympic gold medal. Yeah. Other worked down the street uh, at at the Van Humbert. She was their maid, housekeeper, whatever you want to call it, back in the day. And uh, Cassius and Lucius, the two the two sons, they'd come out every now and then and and say hi to us kids. And when Cassius won the golden gloves, uh, he gave them to his mom, and she wore them around her neck. And then. When he won his Olympic medal, you know, he was running around town showing all of his friends, and he came out. And and so he was down at the Van Humbert's, and I said, Cassius, can I show that to Mom and Dad? And he said, sure, Billy. And he so he put his Olympic medal around me, and I ran home and showed my parents <laughs> this Olympic medal that Cassius Clay won. I think that was 1960. And, uh, and then that was the one that he ended up throwing in the Ohio River after he was sent to prison for— uh, being a conscientious objector because he said he couldn't fight in Vietnam because he couldn't kill Muslims and there were Muslims in Vietnam. I don't I don't know of any Muslims in Vietnam, but I thought they were all Buddhists and Catholics. But what do I know? Yeah,
3: it's, I think you're probably correct there, Doc. I don't know of a lot of Muslims there either. But when was the last time you had contact with him when you were a kid?
2: Well, I saw him at uh, uh, Macaroni Grill in Louisville years ago, <clears throat> and. Uh, when my parents were still alive and my dad said, Billy, why don't you go say hi to, uh, Muhammad to Cassius, he'll remember you. And I, I felt really, I don't know why I didn't, I should have, but I, I saw him then and he was eating with one of his kids, just the nicest guy you ever want to meet. I mean, you would think he'd be a thug. He was so gentle with us kids. And so, you know, he was just kind. And I mean, who would let you wear their Olympic medal and run around the neighborhood with it? (laughs) Yeah. Can I have the, can I take it home and show it to mom? <laughs> yep. And, but I, I must say that, uh, the people that promoted him, they, they formed a trust for him. They did a good job from what I understand. And they, they, uh, part of the deal was that he had to put so much of his winnings into this trust fund and he couldn't touch it. It, it would be administered, uh, for him so that, cause a lot of the fighters, you know, they, they get sucked in by different groups and they blow their money And But, uh, the, they took care of him and, I mean, he he was a well-to-do guy. I don't think he was, you know, a gazillionaire, but uh, they they made sure he was taken care of, and and he even had a sense of humor later in life with his Parkinson's disease. He was still cracking jokes. He he was a real jokester. He was a lot of fun. Nice guy. I, I'm, I'm I'm astonished.
3: I had no idea that you had that such a a brush with greatness.
2: Oh man, I've I've touched so many great people. I don't even remember them all. I'm getting, getting that age where it's all starting to kind of fade. All starting to blur together, is it? Okay. So we've got this inter, inter-nastine warfare going on in our, our little community here, and now I'm the president of the board. And uh, because they were picking on our past president, we just replaced him with me at, uh, last month, because of the uh, egregious manner that a small group of people were the way they were treating him. It was really, really, uh, really pitiful. And he was upset and I don't blame him, you know. So we we uh, consulted with the the three, the majority members of the board and we decided it'd be best to make me president. And so, so then I had to put on uh, a dog and pony thing and do a slideshow for the uh, community about Robert's Rules of Orders and what harassment was under Florida state laws and Uh, you know, all those different kinds of things that were necessary to try and cool things down. And and i talked about the economics because uh, some of the people, small group, are yelling about, we don't have enough money in our reserve fund. And if you don't know what a reserve fund is, when you have a a homeowners association, uh, you can have two accounts. You can have an operating fund, which is day-to-day stuff like, you know, getting the yards mowed and uh, touching up things and replacing minor stuff and you know just day-to-day upkeep and then you have a reserve fund uh, which is like a capital account those are things that in a corporation would be depreciable if it were for profit of course we're non-profit so uh, you don't really depreciate anything but you do have to factor in the lifespan of say the roofs say it's you know 30 years for the roofs so you have to have enough money at the end of 30 years to replace all the roofs well of course it's not going to be all at once it'll be you know it'll be a, a a staged event but you still have to have that built into your reserve plan so part of our homeowners dues fees go every month go to the reserve account and so now we've got people yelling and screaming that we're misusing the reserve account because we had to repair some roofs and you know roof tiles are at least 10 years of use you get out of them so that's a depreciable item that's a capital item and so then i had to put that on and then people are saying well you're only putting three percent in for inflation, and the building costs are higher than that. And we're, you know, we're six and a half percent inflation now, which is true for this year. But this is this is an unusual situation. Will it last? That's the question. And we've talked about that, Ken. You know, about the possibility of stagflation, and uh, it looks like the Feds are starting to tighten up a little bit. But the average uh, long-term construction cost of inflation over the past uh, 20 to 30 years has been running at about 3.5 percent so we may need to increase our reserve funds a little bit and of course you put your checking in account in, a, you know in a small account a small interest bearing account and I say small interest bearing I mean right now as you know the interest rates are less than one percent that you're getting on your on your money and money market accounts aren't much better and I thought we would uh, have a historically about a one percent um interest on our on our accounts that we have and it looks like we really don't and so one of our residents uh, assailed me by email and you may be right Ken we may need to increase things a little bit and uh, I was thinking I don't know if, if 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 it's any good or not I don't really know much about the bond market but the municipal bond funds they look like they're paying a little bit more uh, than money market funds you know two to three percent maybe not not in this cycle here because the interest rates have been so low that the Munis haven't been able to ask for anything. You know, like like the Treasury bills, they're not paying anything either. Just up the association fees. Well you can up them a little bit, but we got a lot of people that are living on fixed income here. You know that's true. Yeah. Older people, so we have to be careful. And we just we got the fees down I think we came down twenty or thirty dollars a month this year because we cut our operating expenses by we replaced the uh, the we have four fountains and actually we put in one two three four five six we had four and we've put in six new fountains and we've gone from 3 horsepower to a half a horsepower and of course they're more efficient and then we went from the old halogen lights that were lighting the pond uh, the plume of the water to LEDs which will cut down on our electric bill considerably every month and then we replaced all of our um landscaping we were doing uh annuals you know So sort of three times a year they'd come out and plant something new which of course they they charge you you know and it's thousands of dollars every time they do that because it's a big piece of property with 32 i mean with 62 homes and you know probably 30 acres here 20 acres 30 acres it's a lot of landscaping so we put in perennials which is going to cut our bills down another six thousand dollars seven thousand dollars a year so we We've we've factored in, and uh, there's a small group of people that are, that are they just hate 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 the ex president, and now they're focusing on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Doctor? Uh, just
3: listening to you talk about it here, of course, not knowing any of the real specifics, it sounds like, well, of course, your reserves are low right now. You've done a lot of work, but they'll grow again.
2: Yeah, they'll grow again, and you know what? They're not even low. We well, bet that, that we've but, been putting money in for the for the roof repairs and the gutters and all that. And those are, those are uh, capital improvements. Those are, those come out of the, they're, they're, we do a study every couple of years, a reserve fund study, a company called Felton insurance uh, adjusters do that. And they come in and how they do that is they, they give you the list of what they have done in the past. And they say, any additions or subtractions. And so you say, well, yeah, we had to put in uh, a new, a new sewer drain over by pond three, because there was a sinkhole there, then you put that in and the cost of it. And then they factor that in and they say, well, to replace that in 30 years, it's going to cost you, you know, $5,000. So you're going to have to put an extra, you know, 5,000 divided by 30, divided by 12, divided by 62 plus three or 4% for inflation. And, you know, it's going to be a buck or two more a month. So, I mean, you're talking pretty small amounts of money. But you still have to factor it in. And then they, they look at all that and they say, well, here's a useful life. And this piece of uh, equipment in the clubhouse uh, that you're using, uh, your say your treadmill, it's at its end of life. And so you're going to have to replace that in a year or two. Now, you don't have to. I mean, you can say, well, it still works fine. It just needs a new belt. And then you can kick that money. You can defer that, that uh that piece of equipment, you can defer that into the next cycle of seven years. And so you kick that money and you basically keep it in the reserve fund and you can use it for something else. So it's, it's not really how it appears. And it's um, the accounting part of this is, is a little more complex than most people are used to, or can even grasp, you know, most people don't even do their own taxes, but uh, we've got this, inflationary cycle here now but you we have to remember that we've had deflationary cycles too back in 09 08 and 09 you know things went down in price and construction basically basically stopped and and you could get things done much cheaper then and i know because that's when we built our house so we got pretty good deals on on most of what we did and you know a few years later was up five or ten percent in cost so well, the
3: further we get away from the pandemic and uh, if Putin goes home and things like that and the supply chain starts to straighten itself out, I think we're going to see prices come down and inflation come down as
2: well. Yeah, I think it's a cycle uh, that uh, – and I think also at the midterm, the Republicans are going to take the House and the Senate, and that'll put the quietus on a lot of the spending. <clears throat> they'll, they'll shut that down in a hurry, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
3: absolutely, and um, open up more drilling maybe if necessary. But yeah, we'll, you, we'll see, you know,
2: that.
3: Do you think they'll do that? I think they will. Yes. Especially up in Alaska, which, uh, of course, Trump opened up and then Biden closed off again as far as drilling is concerned on uh, on public lands.
2: Let me ask you a question. If if somebody wanted to drill up there on public land and uh, they started drilling and, the, and, and Biden has said, no, you can't drill. What would happen? Would they send the military up, or uh, royal mounted police, or what? (laughs) How how, would they do? do? Ride
3: up on horses? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I I imagine it it would have to be some sort of national law enforcement because it's a national jurisdiction.
2: So they'd probably send uh, federals up there and marshals. Probably send marshals. I would think from Anchorage or wherever. Yeah, the marshals are uh, they're unique. They're the cops of uh, the country. Yeah, they really are from one they
3: end to the other. That's why they're on your planes.
2: Yeah, that's what, the FBI. They don't really do much. They just they're they they sit and think about things. They get there late. They get there after the crime. They get there late and they do a lot of research. They'll catch the guy for you. They really will. They will. They'll yeah. get it. But uh, if you want uh, if you want some action, you call the marshals. But yeah, I, so um, I mean, I don't.
3: I I never really understood. Uh, because drilling is, we don't have that many accidents with oil. People point to the Exxon these and things like that, but we don't really have that many drilling accidents in this country anymore. No, we don't. And if, if caribou have to walk a mile south,
2: okay, <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yeah, uh, you know, we we've been pretty careful, and remember that the uh, the big the big spill out in the Gulf that wasn't us; that was uh, BP. Right. BP. Shell that wasn't even an American company. It was a, that's a British company. I mean, they're all international, and they all use the same stuff. but um,
3: well, we just I don't guess. have the spills like the gushers we used to get in the, you know <laughs> the early 1900s and things like that. so
2: yeah, we don't get that anymore.: No, those pipes are pretty reliable. And, and you know what these things are, are fairly easy to clean up now i mean uh, of course in the ocean it's a different story but uh, on land uh, we can get this stuff cleaned up pretty quickly and i think there's even some bacteria that are being developed that will actually uh eat uh oil they'll they'll grow on oil and use it for their their food so we've got that option too but the uh I calculated the inflation rate over the past 30 years for everything, not just construction, and it's been running about two, two and a half, three percent. So we're not—I mean, we're we're out of uh, cycle here, but we're long-term. We're not doing that bad. And the ideal inflation rate, according to the Feds, is two percent. I guess you have to have uh, some inflationary growth, uh, otherwise the economy doesn't doesn't crank along like it should. It, it, it's a fascinating thing, but it's not easy for people to understand, you know, and uh, the uh, the interest rate is, is pretty much set by the Fed, too, because they have their overnight fund rate, which is the rate that they charge banks when they lend them money. So the banks will say, you know, we're short 100 million. Uh, we'll have it back tomorrow. So we need to borrow some overnight and the banks lend each other money, too. And the uh, the central banks lend each other money to other countries, and that's one thing we've cut the Russians out of, is they can't borrow from uh, from the EU or from the world banks or from us. So, so that's kind of hurting them, and now they're running to the Chinese and the Indians, and, and the Chinese are, are, of course, bad-mouthing us. The Indians are trying to stay semi-neutral in this, although they will not condemn Russia because, you know, they've been so close to the Russians for all these decades. Uh, When uh, Jawaharlal Nehru, Nehru was the first prime minister after India became independent from from, uh, Great Britain, he was a socialist and he was a lover of uh, all things Soviet Union. And, you know, they used to send magazines uh, to the school kids in India from Russia because India was dirt poor. Uh, right after they broke away or got their independence from from Great Britain. And then they had the big to-do where uh, the Muslims went west and the Hindus went east, and they split into India and Pakistan. But uh, my friends uh, in the lunchroom, they were telling me they get these magazines, uh, you know, showing the, the Soviet lifestyle and all the beautiful girls and radios and all the things that they didn't have. <laughs> It's interesting, you know, the propaganda. And I'm sure the Soviet Union did have a higher lifestyle um, in, in the 1950s and 60s than, than India did. Of course, that's that's reversed now. And then Russia's, what, the 11th or 12th largest uh, economy. And I think India's probably number three or four now. I, even- I had no idea. I thought Russia was higher than that. No, they, they've fallen way down, hmm. way way down. They are not that big anymore.
3: So what do you think of them using? um, I thought it was odd that they would use their hypersonic missiles. Are they just showing off?
2: Yeah. They're just letting us know they've got them. And uh, of course we're really scared. You know, I laid awake all night last night thinking (laughs) I was going to get one right, right up the old arse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, doc, this may, this may surprise you, but I don't think they're too dangerous. Well, you know what? Um, you're going to have to have something that can carry at least a 2000 pound warhead. And, uh, even that is not a huge warhead anymore. I mean, those are the size of, of the bigger bombs that we dropped during world war two. And that's back when houses were basically, uh, sticks and in St. Petersburg, we're mostly, almost all the houses here, or at least the older ones are block. So I'm sure they'll come down if you're within, you know, a hundred yards, but, You'd have to drop a whole lot of those, and I would imagine that they're not cheap to make. Well, that's why I'm surprised they used them, because they they probably are the most expensive missile
3: they make. So why waste them, especially if you're this close, possibly, to a war with NATO?
2: I think just to, you know, to let them know. I, I, I that's don't why think, I'm saying
3: they're just showing off,
2: aren't they? I don't think they're really thinking straight. I don't think they have that uh, uh, military uh, intellect that the West has and i think they've proven that over the centuries because they they've taken a lot of empty tundra you know and they've they've conquered uh, some sparsely populated uh muslim countries you know the stans and uh but they they really haven't at least for the past 100 150 years they really haven't taken anything major and they you know they had poland and the and the eastern european countries under their umbrella for a while but I mean, that was pretty short lived and they really didn't have full control of of the Soviet states and of their Warsaw Pact, you know, and, and I think that if we had gone to war with, with the Warsaw Pact, you would have seen most most of the soldiers <laughs> are, come to our side, you know, like, like we saw in Iraq where the conscripts they threw their guns down, they were begging for food and water.
3: <clears throat> You're absolutely right, Doc. I think if we would have gone into Russia after World War II immediately. Everybody would have been on our side. No.
2: Yeah, but uh, the world was sick of war, and Russia helped us win that. So, I mean, we, we did owe them something, and we don't want the Russians to think that we want to conquer them. I mean, no, we, we don't. don't, we, don't to, we don't want to. We can barely control this country. <laughs> and, you know, the Chinese, the daily their daily newspaper, the Communist Party newspaper, uh, is saying things like, you know, the imperialist United States is trying to hem the Russians in them the men from what? I mean, you want to let them take back over the the Eastern European countries? I, I don't think so. That was the whole <laughs> idea of the of the Cold War, which, by the way, we won. Um, no thanks to Kennedy, by the way. He prolonged it a thirty another thirty years. Well, He
3: almost ended it for everybody, you know, the the world. I'm talking about. Right. That 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 Cuban crisis was pretty close to
2: the edge. The. The Russians would have backed down. They couldn't have. They 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 probably couldn't even have gotten a accurately gotten a missile over here. So the place to be if uh if you're if you're being shot at by the Russians is right in the line of fire. They'll probably miss. <laughs> <laughs> you remember all the Scud missiles they sold to Iraq? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were about twenty or thirty miles off, and uh, I guess that was supposed to be. And then there are two T seventy two tanks that they sold the Iraqis, and I think we swept them all off the field in a couple of days.
3: Yeah, they were hand-cranked. They had to actually turn a, a wheel inside to get the turret to move around. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. They were fighting World War II. Hey, listen, Doc, it's almost time for a break, but before we go, how about a question?
2: Yeah. We haven't done this for a couple of weeks now. I know. Joe didn't do it. He he was blabbing away last week. <laughs> <That's laughs> I love it, but, God, he can go
3: on and on. <laughs> So here's today's question now. And by the way, the prize is two. Uh, it's still two, right? We're still giving away two. two. That's a two, baby. Two, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs for the first We're- person. They're beautiful, too. They really are. For the first person who can answer the following question, and it always deals with a subject we talked about in the first half of the show. So if you've been listening, you know the answer. And the first one with the correct answer at 877-969-8600 will win the two coffee mugs. Here is your question for today. What celebrity boxer did the doc hang with when he was a kid, so to speak? What celebrity boxer did the doctor know when he was a kid? First correct caller at 877-969-8600 wins the two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. So call now. (laughs) We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. French President Emmanuel Macron is distancing himself from President Biden's comments that Vladimir Putin, quote, cannot remain in power. He is urging efforts to de-escalate tensions. Macron, who has spoken several times to the Russian president and so far unsuccessful peacemaking efforts, is due to speak again with Putin today or tomorrow. He says, quote, we should be factual and do everything so that the situation doesn't get out of control. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is trying to soothe the fears of Israel and its Gulf Arab allies ahead of possible renewal of Global Power's international nuclear deal with Iran. Lincoln making comments early today before joining his counterparts from Israel and four Arab countries for a special gathering where the Iran negotiations are expected to top the
2: agenda. President Trump took the U.S. out of that. 727- three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one dr bill here with social distancing and sheltering in place telemedicine is here bay area medical home of can care clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients you can see me without an office visit schedule an appointment at seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one
1: This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300.
0: As a former congressman and the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives, Doug Collins knows what it means to fight for what he believes. And on every episode of the Doug Collins podcast, he'll explore all topics from politics to life advice and blend them together for a well-rounded discussion that you can use to get the most out of your life. The Doug Collins podcast. Subscribe today on Apple, Google, Spotify, and at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast.
1: Today comfortable with lots of sunshine. Great outdoor weather, high 79. Clear tonight, low 63. Sunny and nice tomorrow, high 82. Clear tomorrow night, low 62. Sunny Tuesday, high 86. Partly cloudy Tuesday night with a low of 66. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your Accu Weather Forecast. I'm Cheryl Golden on AM816, The Answer.
2: And we're back. It's Dr. Bill. i got Ken by my side, and we're doing a show here today. We were talking about the uh, the Russian situation, and uh, but I did want to touch on what's going on in India, too, by the way. What's uh, going on in India? Well, the, the foreign ambassador from China to India was snubbed by the prime minister, Modi, he wouldn't see him. He said he had a scheduling conflict. And so he had handed him over to one of his uh you know, not even the the uh main minister of uh diplomacy, whatever they call him in India. But uh so the the Chinese are trying to uh, and the and the Indians are trying to make up over this this dispute over the border and uh between India and China up in the up in the mountains. I mean more more Russian style nonsense where the Chinese want more. I don't know why they want all this mountainous territory, but uh, apparently they like mountains, and the, the Soviets like, uh, the Russians like uh, frozen tundra. I guess it's just a different taste, you know. Maybe there's pandas up there, I don't know.
3: Yeah, but they like they like the ski, snowmobile. Yeah. You know, the, the Russians anyway, the, and the, um, well, not, the Chinese are known for their skydiving, so they like to jump off of mountains and... In, yeah. in those fly suits. Have you seen those on the internet? Yeah. Where, where yeah. guys jump off the, the mountain and they fly for about, I don't know, four or five
2: minutes. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It right? is. Like birds with their wings spread out. They get their legs and their arms spread out and they've got, uh, basically they've got, uh, you know, aerodynamic lift and they can soar. Yeah, they steer it through the mountains
3: yeah. like just like a, like a bird. Pull that parachute about, you know, 1500 feet off the
2: ground or whatever. Now, you probably know where Kashmir is, but a lot of people don't. Uh, Kashmir sits uh, on the northwest of India, and it's sort of like uh, Puerto Rico is to us. India owns it, but it's semi-autonomous. But the Indians uh, have been stepping in because it's right next door, to, and it's, uh, it's It borders Pakistan, and Islamabad is just a few miles away from the Kashmir and uh, Ummah. Border, Umar is another little little state up there that the Indians are overseeing. So there's been terrorist activity, of course. You know the Muslim terrorists are coming across and trying to disrupt everything, and and so India's been stepping in and and shutting down the border with Pakistan and keeping the the bad boys out and locking them up. And and now they've got some new laws they passed. Any house or uh, any any building that is being used as a safe place for these uh, these terrorists is being seized by the indian government so that should get the uh, what a the great idea <laughs> i like that yeah that should get the muslims upset and the on the other side of their border on the eastern side of course is china so the uh, the kashmirians are up there in the mountain and it's a, a gorgeous place i've seen pictures and uh, i've seen national geographics of it it's it's all mountainous and just you know, just a drop dead beautiful place, and used to be the place to go for for summer vacations uh, before all the uh, hoopla uh, with uh, with Pakistan and and the the warfare between the two countries. But what are you going to do? At any rate, that's the report from India. Oh, by the way, did I tell you that uh, that the Indians are allowing the Russians to buy some goods from them with ruples instead of dollars? So, but it's a very small amount, you know. You know, in the tens to hundred million dollar range, of, you know, dropping the bucket. Well, it's
3: going to take a lot of rubles. I read yesterday that the ruble has now sunk below a penny.
2: Yeah. Well, what the Russians are doing is they're buying it back. They're trying to buy it back.
3: Well, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, they're using all their gold because we're not dealing in gold with them any, anymore either. So, well, they, they could.
2: They, they do have use, a lot of gold. They can use gold have got like they, 160 billion in gold. They've got, they've got gold reserves, but, uh, if they do that, if they flood them, the gold market, then the, the price of gold will drop and their, their, uh, their, their treasury will drop in value too. So, but what they're, the Russians are trying to do now is they're trying to, to buy back their rubles. Uh, so they can shore up their currency. You know, if you have fewer rubles out, then the value will go up. So it's a fascinating little game that, uh, that the international economies and banks and and countries are playing, and uh, I just I uh, don't know what the end shot is going to be. We've but been
3: I, so we've been hearing a lot about um, insiders, the old guy, oh, what the um, Secret Service? What's the K something? It's not the uh, KGB. No, it's not the KGB anymore. It's a successor. I can't remember what the letters are. It's got it's three three letters as well.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: K, I K something. Anyway, I, I've been reading that rumors out of russia into ukraine say they may be getting ready to uh do something with mr putin do you think that's true you can't really know you don't really know what to believe anymore when something like that comes out of a war scene
2: well you know what what uh, churchill said it's uh said uh moscow is a mystery uh, inside of an enigma and wrapped into a conundrum son. We don't really know what goes on there. <laughs> what we do know is that they like to kill each other and, and, uh, and take power. And so I would think that Putin wouldn't. I, I'm guessing that he actually did poison a few people, as have been claimed by the, the British intelligence. And uh, so I wouldn't put it past him if he started killing people that he thought were going to kill him. But uh, what side do you take? I don't know. Yeah. You better make sure you pick the winner or you'll be doing some uh, some hard labor in Siberia for the rest of your life if you live. Well,
3: like I said earlier in the show, Joe finally said something I agree with. Putin's got to go.
2: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Chinese state media now is changing their tune a little bit uh, after Biden called them and threatened them and said, you know, we're, we're not going to buy any more blue jeans from you if you guys help the Russians. So, so now the Chinese are walking that tightrope of, Bad mouthing the Americans, but at the same time, trying not to help the Russians.
3: <laughs> but, well, I uh, hope they, I hope they're thinking, rethinking their Taiwan position a little bit after seeing the Ukrainians fight, because I think the Taiwanese may fight just as hard
2: and it, much better terrain too. Taiwan is mostly mountains, and we already have armed them. They- <laughs> yeah, they're they're fairly well armed, and we've got troops
3: there too, quietly. And it sounds like the Japanese are ready to go in at any time.
2: Well, they never have like the Chinese. They're still mad about that uh, invasion by the uh, when when the Mongolians had the the Chinese throne you know, in the 12th or 13th century, and that's when the uh, typhoon came up and blew all of the ships that China was launching at Japan blew them away, and that's the uh, the divine wind, the kamikaze. That's where that word came from was from that time period. And so they thought that that was, you know, a sign from God that they were the chosen people. Of course, we all know that the, Ken and I are the chosen people. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll let the Japanese think they're you know, chosen. You know who is
3: chosen, Doc? Who is chosen is Robert Grabia of Cle- uh, Clearwater. Robert's our winner. What's his last name? I believe it's it's uh, Gravia, Gravia, Grabia, G-R-A-B-I-A. Robert Grabier Grabia of Clearwater. You won Wait. two Dr. Bill your Radio MD coffee mugs because you correctly answered this morning's question, which was what celebrity boxer did the um, doc have contact with on a regular basis, apparently, when he was a kid? He used to sting like a bee and float like a butterfly. His name is Muhammad Ali. There you
2: go. Formerly Cassius Clay. And you knew him as Cassius days, mostly. Did yeah, I knew him as Cassius and his brother, Lucius, his younger brother. And, oh, they were they were good-looking kids, too. I mean, built and in good shape because they were both boxers and athletes. But, uh, by the way, you know, Joe Frazier, um, I hung out with some of his family when I lived in Hilton Head. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I kid you not. And, you know, uh, Ali actually helped. Uh, you, they they badmouthed each other in public, but uh, he, he actually helped them out. He helped the Frasers out. He, Ollie was a good guy. Um, and they were mostly shrimpers and farmers, uh, but uh, I guess Joe was uh, a hell of an athlete, and he he beat Ollie. Yeah. I think he won one, and Ollie won one. So. Oh, those I, were great
3: boxing days. Everybody was tuned in for those.
2: Yeah, you know, it's the the sports kind of dropped down again, but uh, I guess it's still popular in some areas.
3: Well, you have to pay for it now. You've got it's it's not on you know it's not on
2: NBC anymore. No. So. You, well, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of it too is we're in this uh, pacifist stage where we don't want to display violence to our kids. And but I remember sitting on the on my father's bed on on the Friday nights the Friday night fights uh, the Gillette uh, would sponsor you know Gillette razors sure. And they would sponsor the Friday night fight and I'd sit on we'd sit in his room and watch it because of course the girls weren't interested. They wanted to go go watch something else, Cinderella. But uh, so he had a little T V in his bedroom and I got to jump up on the bed with him. And that <laughs> uh,
3: you remind me my my grandfather lived with us when we when I was growing up. I mean, my grandmother died when uh she was pretty young. And um we I used to watch the uh the wrestling with grandpa every week.
2: They had live yeah. wrestling on. They did, yes, they, and I loved it. Yeah, it was uh, that, and that's still a pretty big draw too. They still have that on TV, by the way. But you know, a lot of that is theatrics, and uh, they they do a lot of uh, rehearsal. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, of training and practice, and they go over and over their moves so nobody gets hurt.
3: Well, when you're when you're a you know a ten year old kid, you don't know
2: that. <laughs> I just wow, grandpa. <laughs> It's very choreographed, but they're still massively built and strong guys, and, and they can take a lot of abuse. And those um, those rings are meant to give when, say, you
3: yeah. know, throw, throw somebody on the floor. <laughs> they bounce. Yeah. They bounce pretty good, yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, and, and China's bouncing too after the phone call from from uh, Biden. He, I guess, the Chinese have agreed for a proper settlement of the Ukraine crisis, and they're calling on both sides, to uh, negotiate both Ukraine and Russia. So that's their latest uh, public stance after Joe called them and said, we're not buying any more blue jeans from you. uh... (laughs) And as the Chinese saying goes, it takes two hands to clap. As Dr. Bill says, one hand washes the other. So you can't get your hands clean easily without a partnership. I guess that's the bottom line. So she's saying it's imperative that the parties involved demonstrate political will and find a proper settlement in view of both immediate and long-term needs because we don't want to lose our business with the United States. So you guys cut it out. (laughs) Stop
3: stop messing with our money. That's right.
2: With our trade. You know, we think the Americans are idiots, but we like their cash.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's uh, going on in the uh, virus issues anything going on we should talk about today how's that that new variant coming along i don't see it over you know uh, overspreading everywhere
2: No, i had one admission this week uh canadian older guy demented and uh i don't know how long he had been sick he said two weeks but i don't think he could remember much more than an hour ago <laughs> okay and uh he he was somewhat sick but he also i think had a secondary pneumonia so He probably had the uh, Omicron and then got a secondary pneumonia. Uh, He was wandering around trying to get out and go do his gardening, and nurses are calling me all day and night, and we're giving him medication to try and calm him down. I sent him home yesterday on antibiotics, a short burst of prednisone, steroids, you know, and some blood thinners, and... uh, His oxygen saturations actually were were pretty low when he came in. They were below 90. And when he sent him home yesterday, they were back in the 97, 98 range. So we did him some good. We only kept him for a few days. And his wife called me, and we discussed the situation. And she said, you know, he's demented. I said, yeah, I figured that out in the first two minutes of talking to him
1: because
2: he was looking for his clothes and his wallet, and he wanted to know where his gardening tools were. That'll do it, yeah. That's a giveaway.
3: So um, I hear Joe now, I was reading last night, as a matter of fact, that Joe might be um, recommending a fourth booster for everybody 50 and over, I think it was.
2: Yeah, I've I've taken a fourth, and I'm going to take a fifth one uh, at the beginning of the summer. And I'm telling all of my patients, uh, come get a fourth one. Uh, I think Mary and a couple of people at the station were asking me about that. Should I come and get a fourth shot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm
3: going I'm to be in your office on Wednesday. Maybe I'll get a fourth one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How long has it been since I've been? About three months or so since I got my third. I guess.
2: Well, you better wait a few more months yeah. then. It's pretty close. But yeah, I think it's a good idea to go ahead, especially if you're elderly or if you have problems. You know, at my age, seventy three, um, the immune system, although the brain is still perfect and you know the body's just gorgeous, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get that message so the immune system as we grow older uh tends to decrease its functioning somewhat and it's important to make sure your vitamin d levels are adequate and that you're eating a, a reasonably good diet and i don't mean uh, eating what you think is good for you i mean eating things that actually have trace vitamins and minerals and, and and all the different things that we need and as we get older too we lose the ability to absorb vitamin b12 because we have to have the intrinsic factor, uh, which is made in our stomach. It's a protein that's made in our stomach, and it has to hook onto the B12 in order for the B12 to get through the intestines and into the bloodstream. So even if you are eating B12 by the by the handful, if you don't have intrinsic factor, you're not going to get it in, then you have to have a shot. Now, some people think that the uh, under-the-tongue sprays work, I haven't seen any data that say they do, and then other people think these patches that are starting to get popular work, but I I don't know. I haven't seen the research on that either, Um, but uh, you just have to keep yourself healthy. Stay active. Keep your weight down. Keep your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your diabetes, your gout, all those things that are risk factors for uh, diseases of the arteries and the heart and the brain. Keep those under control. And uh, you should be okay, but certainly if you have lung disease, if you're a smoker, if you've got diabetes not in control, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all those things are high risk factors, and they will increase your chances of not only getting sick with this virus and a lot of viruses, but also dying from them, Ken. And we saw that with the research that came out of uh, Pennsylvania several months ago that they looked at all that, and yes, indeed, those who are at high risk uh, are the ones that are the sickest, and they're the ones that, that end up going in the hospital and/or dying. Yeah, we haven't seen as much of that because the Omicron has not been as as egregious; it hadn't really attacked the lungs the way the the Alpha and the Delta did. But uh,
3: well, if you got any questions, what's the uh, what's the um, the phone number there at the office? If anybody has any questions that they want to maybe run by you.
2: 727-384-6411 That's 727-384-6411 and by the way we do have the both the rapid antigen test for covid and we have the uh, the uh, RNA test you know the amplification of the of the genetic material which some countries are requiring if you're going to travel there and so we do both and they're both rapid i think the Antigen test takes about 20 minutes, and the PCR polymerase chain reaction takes about 30 minutes. So you can come in and get that done, and we've we've got that. And I think one's like 99, and the other one's 149. But <clears throat> I think some of the insurance companies will pay for it. Government's not paying for that anymore. Oh, no kidding! All right, I don't think so. Um, but I don't know. I may be wrong, but that's what I understand from my wife. Now she's been known to lie to me when it comes. To-
3: <laughs> but <laughs> She does all the paperwork over there at the office, so she probably knows.
2: And she's got the checkbook. And people ask me, "Well, how much is it going to cost to get this done here?" Because I'm self-pay. I'm like you yeah, talk to the little Korean up front. She's got. <laughs> she's got the checkbook, baby. Oh my God! If I forget to circle a charge. <laughs> it in spades <laughs> this is a business you have to run this like a business you think you can just give things away and um no i didn't i just forgot honey i'm sorry <laughs> I
3: well she's think. right doc it's a business it is a business i
2: know but you know you in the heat of the moment, you're you're moving fast and sometimes you forget something or sometimes you give somebody something and you think it's a sample when it's actually something that we're selling. But, oh, for goodness sakes, it's not like we're going broke. <laughs> well, she's
3: there. <laughs> she's there to make sure you don't do that. So. She
2: so, well, you know, but and I'm thankful, too, because I get a new car next month. <laughs> there you go. She said, you can put 5000 down on the credit card and then next month we're going to pay for it in cash. Yahoo! <laughs> All right. She's looking after you. I like that. The last thing I want is another another uh, loan to pay off. I don't want that. At any rate, we've we got... got about, we've what, about, what one minute left, Doc, if you want to... Yeah, we've, you guys, we've got the vaccines. We've got, uh, of course, we've got the, uh, the, the testing for the COVID. We've got Echo. We've got ultrasound. We've got X-ray. We've got... We can draw labs. We've got some in-house labs we do. I mean, we've got a full armamentarium of things we can do in the office. We practice non-invasive cardiology. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do a procedure at noon today. I'm going to uh, stick the scope down somebody's throat and look at the back of their heart with the ultrasound. And then if it's okay, I'm going to shock them back into a normal rhythm. We're going to put them to sleep first. Although people I don't like very much, we wake them up right before we shock them. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't do that. (laughs) No, we got 15 seconds. Say bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> bye-bye, buddy. Love you guys. Thanks for having me today. We'll see you next week. I'm Dr. Bill.
0: Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation. And fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727 384 6411. That's 727 384 6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic.